0: Roscoe here from Finger Guns. Now, this week Sean and Greg travelled all the way to London to EGX 2019, and whilst they were there, they played a smorgasbord of brand new games from AAA Megatons to the smallest left field collection indies. They also recorded a small podcast each night detailing just what they played each day, which you can listen to in the bonus episodes below, or if you like, you can listen to them in one great big recap, which uh, well, you're listening to that right now. We've got a big old recap with Sean and Greg coming very shortly, but until then, enjoy this collection. Of all the games we played at EGX 2019 from your friendly neighborhood, Finger Guns. Welcome to a very special episode of the Finger Guns podcast. Today, both myself and Greg, who is here with me, hello. We went to EGX for the first day of this year's conference expo, whatever it's called. Expo. Yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're, for the first guy first time in finger guns history there are two of us in the same place at the same time doing a podcast yeah it's
1: just two men in a hotel room in the most yeah. ghetto this is like proper gonzo journalism like <laughs> in a chunky converted pub attic
0: yeah we blue press vest <laughs> and a blue helmet. Away from reporting in Syria. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so first day of EGX and we were just going to record a a quick write-up about what we played today, what it was like, and unfortunately, because of some signaling errors and because of some protesters who really need to sort their ideas out, I only got half a day of EGX today, but Greg managed to get in super early this morning. Yeah, not
1: just early as press, but earlier than I was meant to be.
0: Greg was there when the cleaners were still there. (laughs) I inadvertently snuck in. So Greg was in there very early this morning and what was the first thing you played this morning? The
1: first game. It might have been one of the first non-staff in the UK to play it. I mean, I wasn't counting. It was Final Fantasy VII Remake and it is incredible. I know that sounds like hyperbole but God, is it amazing. I was really on the fence about the whole real-time combat and how they're going to take the classic... I know there is the classic battle mode coming back, isn't there? Yeah. But how they're going to take such a beloved early entry in the series. It's not early entries, it's the seventh one.
0: The best entry. How
1: the, the, <laughs> are They're going to take that, that turn-based combat and turn it real-time, and they've, they've done it. So it is real-time combat. Obviously, you attack. You can switch between you and your characters and the fly, you and your team. So for the demo, it was Cloud and Barrett. It was the Mako reactor, uh, where you planted the bomb in the first part of the game. And you take on the Scorpion guard as the boss. Um, yeah, you can switch between the two of you on the fly, and then if you want to use your abilities, that does pause it. A bit like um, Grandia. Did you ever play that one? Yeah. PS1? So you've got your active sort of bar that builds up, then you pause it to choose the items, abilities. But it's great because you can cast, say you've switched to Barrow who's got Thunder, which is the, the enemy's weakness. You can cast Thunder, and as he's about to cast it, you can switch back to Cloud, so you can use one of your, like, your, your Braver ability as the Lightning hits it for the weakness, and then capitalise on that, so it's not completely turn based. That's awesome. And visually, it's stunning.
0: Did you get to use any of the summons?
1: No, no, no. It's too early for that. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. They didn't give you much. They give you... You still get your limit breaks, so you're still building up like a a limit gauge with your attacks when you get hit. I was feeling quite proud of myself. I got to finish off the boss with a well-timed limit break. As Cloud. I was like, oh, that's a highlight reel moment. But, you know, I had to record it.
0: And there was nobody else in the room to... There was was
1: two of the reps that were sort of sat there nearby, but I wouldn't say they were like a captive audience. (laughs) Fair enough.
0: But uh, yeah, I'm,
1: I'm fully on board.
0: Okay, we've had this debate. We've had it today.
1: <sighs> okay. Let's make it a quick podcast. Let's yeah. not get into this okay. episodic
0: We won't go through the debate <laughs> about whether, whether it's worth to have like, you know, £50 games, you know, separating Final Fantasy 7 and into chunks. But are you confident now that it is a game that you definitely want to get based on what you've played?
1: Yeah, but I'm still not sure on that price model.
0: Yeah. Okay, like, we won't go into that. I one. might just
1: spend 50 quid and spend 30 hours in Midgar and call it a day. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you... <laughs> it's a complete game, so that's fine. <laughs> okay, so after Final Fantasy VII, where did you play anything else before I got there? I played some,
1: some Granblue, but I'll talk about that when when you and I got to play it. What else I, play? I played some Neo 2. So Neo, if you're not familiar with it, before Sekiro came out, was the Asian version of Dark Souls. It had a sort of fairly loose uh, story based in real time about William some other or other who was he was a white chap that went over to Japan, became a samurai or something like that. But obviously, the first video was all fancy. Yeah. Dragon summons, all that kind of stuff. Second one, you are a random character. They didn't give you much in the way of story. It's like a 10 minute demo. It was good, it's got potential. It's a bit overwhelming with all the crazy weapon drops and the overburdening of different weapon types and stances and too much bump whereas you played like Dark Souls or Bloodborne you can usually get through with the starting weapon just upgraded Yeah, it was a bit too much sort of, too much substance but it looked, it looked good I would get my ass kicked on the boss though, and then I got asked to leave <laughs> not because I was kicking off I mean just because yeah. I died
0: <laughs> flipped the table because <laughs> yeah. you didn't the beat, boss beat you
1: I played some Link's Awakening which is what I moved on to next and if I was on the fence about getting a Switch before the devolver games and such and such Link's Awakening is what might finally tip me towards the towards getting one it's beautiful it is. I mean, you played have not you yeah. But yeah yeah it's, it's absolutely stunning it's this quirky little. i mean it's already out so you know you've got a switch go and get it but uh, yeah I was really really enjoying it couldn't really get in too far into the demo because they did kick you off after a while so uh, it was it's definitely tipping me there
0: and then was that when i arrived? um i I think
1: that was more towards it yep (laughs) um and then sean Sean rocked up late
0: after after fighting my way through trains and protesters and rain showers and a whole lot of people trying to get lunch at one (laughs) (laughs) o'clock i finally managed to get to edx and walked in and finally found greg but not before having a quick game on boundary
1: which is incredible
0: it is i know that you went to the events. i
1: did i went to a pr thing at yuki's headquarters on tuesday and there should be an interview with the technical director frank mingbo lee that should be coming up soon probably gonna come up after my egx write up in a weird backwards kind of way but what do you
0: think i think it's stunning mm-hmm. so if if you if you don't know about boundary it's a first person shooter set in space and it's like a it feels a lot like call of duty but with like gundam style space controls so you basically can float around up and down and it's
1: it's like ace combat isn't it you can yeah you can pitch you can your but one of the things that frank was keen to stress is although it's set in space it's grounded weapons so it's not it's not space lasers it's not destinies and halos it's it's not ak's but it's normalized weapons that we're used to like single shot rifles yeah in the vacuum of space yeah now If you go on the YouTube trailer, you see people arguing, going, oh, how would it work? And there's people going, actually, the combustion will push the button. And, you know, I'm not a scientist, but uh, it works. It it works really well. And it's, unfortunately, it's not going to come up with a story, which I think might hurt it, because that happened to the first Titanfall, didn't it? Uh,
0: Yeah. But
1: But then if you just want a decent shooter... um,
0: I think this is something that they could probably build on, them. I mean,
1: Yeah, they said there is more to cover, they wouldn't tell me what, and I thought, all right, fair
0: enough. i two too, with a story. There's gonna, be, <laughs> yeah,
1: there's gonna be different factions that you get, different enemy classes and stuff like that. One of the things I, I enjoyed doing when I was playing it was trying to shoot Frank, but as I was doing it, I was trying to like barrel roll and mm-hmm. shoot him, and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, I really want one of those blue Danube style slow motion, not 360 no-scope, but like full 360 degree roll, Headshot Max Payne style thing. He was like, "Oh, okay," and I thought that would be great for highlight reel stuff. And the fact that you can't take cover as well because yeah. people are going to be pitching over you and yeah, yeah,
0: that that is one of the the things that got me straight away was the fact that like unlike a lot of games where you know they've got verticality and you can go up that ladders and find cover and stuff, all you really need to do is flip yourself around and put yourself in a different direction, and you've got like an entirely different setup in front of you. Because you're constantly rotating, or you can be constantly yeah.
1: rotating. Did you get to use the grappling hook as well? I didn't. Uh, some classes have it and some don't, but you get a grappling hook, which is, because uh, certain classes will move quicker, depending on their backpacks, or slower. Yeah. It's on their, their EVA, their jumpsuit things, and there's like the recon one. And I said to them, can you detach the grappling hook and then fling yourself? And they were like, oh, yeah, I suppose you could. So you can start catapulting yourself around. Mm-hmm. And some, some of the classes that when you, I think the sniper has it, that when you aim, it's got a built-in stabilization, so you stop. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, f- I felt that. Yeah,
1: and I said, "Is that a bug thing?" And he said, no, "No, no, that's the that's the purpose." Because I don't know if you saw with the sniper suit, you've got your hands on the rifle, but you've got this like connection to the, this arm yeah. attached to the rifle, and that's the stabilization thing. Yeah, it was like, alien.
0: said, you know were, yeah, like aliens, you knew they Yeah, the smart guns. Yeah, yeah.
1: And he said, "No, no, that's the whole point." And you, if you can listen, if you can hear it, you turn the volume up. Is when you're boosting, you aim, you hear that? Psh, yeah. it's the uh, the the anti brake kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, sweet! So it's. no you're going to think you're going to see someone swinging across the map and as you aim they're just going to stop where they are and shoot you
0: yeah I tell you what for me like the sound for example like Mm. it's when you're firing the guns it felt like quite meaty but still in space and when you hit somebody there's such a satisfying (laughs) clunk sound like a donk 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 it's like oh god it's so nice
1: we were saying about the, the headshots as well you get like a a helmet shot, which is fifty extra points. Yeah. You get a visor shot as well. Yeah. So if you actually shoot some of the visor, you see like the, the pressurized crack of that before <laughs> it kills them. And they, they said they weren't really <laughs> going for gory, because there isn't. You don't get you don't know, patch your wounds that you patch your suit up. Yeah. But yeah, I he shot me the an visor and I just said this before I died. And I was like, That's really clever. Yeah. And they said with, with immersive sound, that'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. So I was when I was playing it the the demo on the EGX floor had a four versus four match. And I was with three school kids, and I immediately saw it, and I thought, these guys shouldn't be playing this game. <laughs> and then I started playing, I was like, there is no gore. Yeah. Like, there, there was no blood and guts and stuff. There's there. no,
1: like, the body being decompressed. at the No, laser. There's,
0: there's like no Star Trek floating purple blood. Or anything. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> None of that. So as the first game to play at EGX, it was like a major triumph, really great game. Potential COD killer.
1: That's what they, they want to inject some new life into the genre, and I really hope they do. Yeah. You know, Lawbreakers has <laughs> tried, didn't work. Yeah. But they said that the difference between Lawbreakers is you're still grounded because this is fully weightless combat.
0: Yeah, absolutely sublime. And if you are going to EGX and you do listen to this before you do go, make sure you get yourself up there because there was no queue all day and it's probably one of the best games we've seen so far. Yeah, I, it
1: was visually it was amazing. But talking to, let's say, talking to, to Frank, it's a real passion project for him. Because he's got a background in, well, just physics engines, for which are like Codemasters, Rare. And, you know, if, if any of you have ever played Half-Life 2 and gone, oh, I love, you know, the weight puzzles, that kind of stuff. Then this is worth checking out. Everything is interactive, is, is weightless. You know, you're shunting things around to actually create like a tactical advantage and flinging off things. It, it's still in sort of, well, I wouldn't say it's alpha, but it's still. Yeah, here they are. Yeah, because you can't use your grappling hook to melee people yet. So it's coming. Yeah. 'Cause one of the questions asked was can you melee people and fly in? Yeah. But uh, he said no not yet, but that is to come. Right. So watch this space, it's gonna be a good one. Cool. I going to support it, I am going to I'll get getting that when it comes up.
0: So once we once I'd finally met up with you, we went to go and play Grand Blue. Grand Blue Fantasy, Fantasy Versus. Fantasy Versus. Yes. Another great name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well it's from it's from Arc Systems who've made BlazBlue. Blue. So Really carrying on the theme there. If you're familiar with, um, with BlazBlue, with its sort of 2D art style, and uh, more recently, Dragon Ball Fighters, not Fighter Z as I used to call it, Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it Fighter Z? I can't remember. It's all.
0: Yeah. It's Fighter Z. Yeah. But
1: it's Fighters. Fighters. But it's Capital Z at the yeah, end. Yeah. Oh, God. If you're familiar with that game, or those games, you know what to expect, but visually it's stunning.
0: It is very nice.
1: And if you've done. If you played Dragon Ball Fighters, when they come in, you get like the little clash animations, like, and then you get like the. Special move animations. Well, this is just doubled down. The, the ultra moves or whatever you want to call them, super specials. Stunning, aren't they?
0: Yeah, uh, there, there wasn't really anything that didn't look good in this game. No. Like one of the things that I really liked about it was I, I'm not a big fighter fan, but like the game is incredibly accessible. Yeah. Like first match, I beat you. Did not expect that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't expect that either.
0: Uh, you you pan with the second match, so the all the button, like uh, all the specials are displayed on screen and yeah. what they do. So you can hold down R1 and press direction. And you'll do a particular special move, and that's displayed on screen at all times. So, like, even if new, new guy like me steps up, you can play that. And I know, I think Paul re- reviewed one of the BlazBlue games like a long time ago, and he said it was really accessible. Then as well, so I'm glad they yeah. I think it's
1: gonna be one of those things. that's gonna be easy to play, hard to master, and you'll get people like Dragon Ball fighters. I've seen people win bouts if I have got a hit in yet because they just smushed them. Yeah. And I think this will be another one of those, but there is a there is a cooldown on the special moves you can do, but you can still link combos together and you can you can start a combo and when you your moves ready to use again you can link it on another. So it's yeah. gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a formidable it's gonna be a new one to watch, I think, for eSports stuff like that.
0: Yeah. The gameplay reminded me, you know, the uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Have you played that? No. It's like a fighter but like forgets some of the basic rules. They ignore them specifically. So you can do like full bar combos quite easily. Oh, okay. So it's like like that game used to just keep compl- broken I'm, Yeah, it's it's not the thing is it's like they purposely left these things in because they're they're like reasonably difficult to do. But you know that's what it felt like. Like I could keep up with you despite not knowing any of the moves and you know you having played it before. And I thought like okay, I am button, button mashing at this time, and sometimes I'm pulling these off and getting decent combos. And I'm like, oh, that was that was impressive. I don't really mean to do that, but yeah, gold <laughs> okay. clap yeah. <laughs> definitely want to keep his eyes on what do we do next
1: you queued for eternity to play oh that was even a pun then you <laughs> queued forever to play doom eternal i gave up i know what there is the element of queuing for some games but an hour into queuing for doom i just could not care any less i walked off to play something else but you played doom how was it
0: i did play doom it was it was it started the same way as the e3 trailer did and the The one with basically doomslayer walking through the bridge of the ship and grabbing the glanyard with the guy's neck and swiping himself taking the gun and off you go and then there was the first level that you play was like a tutorial which introduced you to all the. they've really nailed down a lot of the combat and now you have to vary attacks to ensure you get ammo health blood and armor you have to set people on fire or use your chainsaw or blood punch them or shoot them to, punch? basically once you've got a, a bar that fills up you can punch them and you basically fill up with like piss and vinegar <laughs> it basically means like you take less damage I, I uh, think okay. was the the thing that was going on it was an incredible demo the bit that not been shown in any of the trailers so far so after you've done the whole you know cleared off this gun deck and gone to use the BFG ten thousand, which is the big green gun that you see in the trailer. You basically load yourself into that gun and fire yourself through space into a space station. So I'm watching this. I'm thinking, what? Okay. So he's got to this big gun. He opens up the chamber. He kicks out the bullet. Then loads himself into the gun and then fires himself. And then all you see is this bricks fall away from this the space station. And then doomslayers they're like okay let's go again <laughs> it's, it's like, like
1: the, it's like the simpsons like the submarine episode it was what, like what would the captain would say
0: don't fire the cannon fire the torpedo <laughs> <laughs> they
1: just launch an officer ass yeah yeah
0: it was a really bad like it's one of those kind of what the fuck mm. like if this game was going to be doing that regularly then like that, they're just totally fucking batshit badass moments 10, it's
1: like 10 out of 11 and just
0: yeah and the combat I mean it looked great the combat was really fluid the guns so like they kind of spliced in levels throughout the game so you got to try out a lot of the guns and the whole chain shotgun so you basically aim zoom in and then you've got a double barrel shotgun and just turn them into jibs as you arrive okay it's um a very impressive demo and i cannot wait for it to come out in... yeah you're gonna have to it's been delayed <laughs> yeah which is a major shame but i mean it's moved into a better time slot yeah it's at the end of the craziness now yeah, so. True. Uh, what were you doing when i was doing
1: contemplating ending my own life <laughs> um, then I remembered I was at a game show, so I went and played some games. I went and played a bit of Untitled Goose Game. Nice. Good, just honking the shit out of everything. I went and played Blasphemous.
0: Yeah,
1: on the Switch, which is it's out now. I didn't realise it snuck out. It's a really gory Metroidvania, so two D with the, the embodiment of the goriness of like Bloodborne. Uh, they don't really get much in the way of the story, but you're like someone who's creating like penance for himself. He's wearing like some horrible spiky helmet thing that's causing him to bleed profusely. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought he that like pyramid had the first time. Yeah, saying. it's
1: it's weird. It's like a conical helmet, but in the cutscene he puts it on and it. starts bleeding from the neck. So and he, he
0: said it was based in
1: the Spanish. Oh yeah, the the reps are supposed to Spanish Inquisition, and I made a pun about not asking about it. And it went straight over his head. I was like, <laughs> really, <laughs> bloody kids. That was good. I'm gonna pick that one up. That was quite a. It's quite a nice take on the metroidvania style genre. It's, it looks like Dead Cells plays a bit like that. So that was enjoyable. Didn't get very far in it. Just because it timed out. So yeah, that's that's one to pick up. What else play? I think that was when we then caught up. Uh, oh, you played Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Yeah. So I'm not a big. But what the hell was that game about?
0: Yeah, I kind of understand why this game exists because, like, as as good as all the Dragon Ball Z games are, they they really give the impression of like a Dragon Ball Z fight. So like you know you you watch an episode and, and, and like the entire episode is a fight and it just goes on. While screaming. You watch them stand there and monologue while they. Glow blue and then. Ha
1: Now I will beat you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the the match, the I think it was Goku versus Cell.
1: Gohan versus Cell.
0: Was it Gohan versus? Yes. Cell? Because Goku pulled himself out of the tournament. I Goku
1: the pulled himself off and. <laughs> Gohan and was in.
0: <laughs> But yeah, it, it basically. It, I
1: don't know why I sound pretentious about Dragon Ball Z. I know about four characters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the game at first, I thought there was like. I was trying to be clever. I was trying to be smart about the way that I was fighting. And then I realized that, like, it, you basically, if you get close, you mash circle. If you're far, far away, you must square. And if you are not being attacked, you can hold down triangle, charge up your Kai, which then gives you ability to use special moves. You hold down R1 and press another button. And trying to, like, pull off combos, I was treating it like a fighting game. Yeah. And getting my arse whooped. And then... When I realised that basically I could just stand there in this mushed circle and then block when he goes to attack me, well, it tells
1: you to block as well. It? Yeah, it like a huge L two like, in the middle so of the screen. No. I tell you what, what, game it did remind me of. It's going to sound like an obscure reference. It was a PS one game called distrager and it was oh, yeah. it was you, it was one on one, but it was like arena brawler, fully three D, and you basically stand across the map and shoot fireballs at each other. As you get closer, it becomes melee as you bash dash back it becomes oh, okay. fireballs. it reminds me of that, but it's just wacky. And yes. I, I don't follow Dragon Ball Z. I've never I think if I started investing my life in that now I'd do nothing else. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just watching it. It's just a lot of screaming, yeah. a lot of kamehamehas and yeah, I think you, you did win, didn't you?
0: I did win. And there was a there was a cutscene that triggered that was like they are now firing Kai at each other and they created a big fireball and something blew up and I don't understand a single bit that was going on. <laughs> Visually, though, it looked very, you know, Dragon Ball. So if you like Dragon Ball, it sounds like...
1: If you like Dragon Ball, you've probably already special ordered it. <laughs> but yeah, if you don't, it's probably not the best place to start.
0: These games are coming like... this. It seems like a, this there's, ton a, lot, there's a lot of Dragon Ball Dragon games. Here, yeah. People go mad for them. If you like Dragon Ball games, go and check that one out.
1: And... and then that was... We had one more game to finish with, which unfortunately wouldn't let you play.
0: No, so we,
1: we were the last, we managed to jump in at the end of the queue for Predator Hunting Ground, which I've been sceptical spe- about, because I've been saying for a while they need to go do a new Predator game, because Concrete Jungle was all right. And then when they announced it was going to be this 4v1 shooter, I went, this is going to be Evolve, isn't it? And look how well that did. <laughs> but uh, I was pleasantly surprised, because it's not four of you taking on one of the Predators, it's four of you taking on objectives, like, Dutch, you're not you're not Dutch, so I'm not going to put that notion out there. But like Dutch's team were sent in to do stuff. And this is it. You're sent in to do stuff whilst being hunted by a predator. Now, I'm sure it would have played f- for an amazingly tense experience if the guy who was playing as a predator wasn't just... Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, there was. I'm sure if you've if you got an experienced player, the, the threat of reaching your objectives with this ever-present monstrosity chasing you probably would make a daunting experience. But um, it didn't. We got it done. We literally got to the chopper and... I got shot once by the Predator and that was it. I didn't feel any sense of terror because I thought it was someone else shooting at me. But Sean was able to watch some of it. Yeah. And I was, I was doing something and I remember being clipped a shot and then I sort of hid and carried on shooting what my objective was. And I thought it was just a, an NPC that shot me. And then Sean afterwards was like, no, no, that was the, that was the Predator. He shot you once and then ran off. Yeah. That's not what a Predator does.
0: <laughs> he did all he did those shoulder energy blast things from which, across the map.
1: Which in the movie does kill people, thankfully. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he like, he clipped your arm and then obviously you backed up in the corner. And the problem is, this guy seemed more intent on swinging between trees and just jumping along the logs and stuff than he actually was doing anything. I saw him killing off some of the. So, do you know the, the, uh, so you fight NPCs? Yeah he killing um, them off he was killing the npcs they're supposed to be the guys stopping you <sighs> so, so he was a terrible player like he wasn't using invisibility probably he was just like standing in the trees and getting attacked oh towards the end of the day that they, like, they ushered me out of the way so i couldn't actually see greg finish the match off. but the the rep on the booth was like i'm going to go and take him off and replace him as the predator <laughs> <laughs> um, like,
1: yeah, you said that afterwards. We we finished it, and the guy was like, "Oh my god, I, thought I was gonna, I thought you guys were gonna be here for, for for ages." I was like, "No, we knew what we were doing." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, as, as far as a shooter goes, it's I mean, it's still pre, it's pre alpha, pre alpha. So it's a bit ropey, bit of screen tear. The the NPC shooting you, sort of standard cannon fodder, really. But that's not the that's not the big threat, is it? I think it's got potential. I think the fact that they're giving you things to do in it is is good. You know, I think. If it was just another Revolve, it would probably be yeah. shit because you'd have everyone taking the predator, four people taking the predator out would be easy, or one badass predator and just makes it not fun. So it's got potential.
0: Yeah, when we first saw that trailer and they used a lot of effects to hide how the game looked. Yes, and I was reasonably impressed with what I saw of like the visuals of like the jungle looked like a jungle. It didn't look yeah. like, like total garbage like it did in the first trailer. So yeah, one to look out for hopefully something pretty decent for multiplayer so day one out awesome. of ten give you give it a score out
1: what of 10. from playing what I play there yeah seven it's got potential seven I mean yeah it's a bit ropey but you know yeah. if a license well it's got that really cool Alan Silvestri style soundtrack as well if you know your soundtracks he did the soundtrack to the first one it's got that
0: yeah yeah it's got that
1: looming sort of jungle jungle predator music so yeah and, uh, yeah, that was that's what we played day one.
0: Awesome, yeah. Uh, what are we doing, doing today, too? We're doing indie games tomorrow, aren't
1: we? Oh, we're going to try and hit some more indie games, yeah. Are you going to try and do Final Fantasy tomorrow?
0: I'm going to try and do your trick and get in before everyone else does and try and get on Final, <laughs>
1: Final Fantasy. <laughs> Just running, going, I'm
0: pressed! Yeah, the queue the, the got up to two hours to play Final Fantasy Remake. Really?
1: Well... We were talking to one of the guys that's in the same hotel as he said that was a bit of an exaggeration. He says about an hour and a half, but still, an hour and a half at your data. To...
0: The, the problem is, like, that isn't an exaggeration, because they said to me, oh, it's an hour for Doom. And oh, it wasn't yeah, an hour it for was not an hour for Doom. It was nearly... It was an hour you know. till
1: I wanted to top myself.
0: <laughs> and, you know, that, that queue it looked like it was moving a lot quicker than it actually was. and
1: yeah. It really wasn't.
0: No, it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, that's, that was day one. And so tomorrow we'll give an update on indie games. We'll probably, hopefully fingers crossed the residue zone didn't look majorly packed the no. tentacle zone didn't look majorly packed no, so no. hopefully we have some more games to yeah
1: play some Fogs or something
0: <laughs> have, you, have you played Fogs
1: no I've no, not oh, uh,
0: I'm going to have to come with you for Fogs let me know when you go because okay. they have got a new build I've got a, um, a press point on Saturday for Fogs okay um, so yeah
1: they're we'll, gonna we'll do that on Saturday yeah cool cool
0: right uh, Well.
1: signing off from night one <laughs>
0: EGX game day two of both myself and Greg are here.
1: We do have a special guest with us today. We have Martin, my friend. Hiya. But he's only just turned up so he has no relevance to this.
0: Yeah, I've played none of these games.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. <laughs> so yeah, day two, we actually both got there for a full day of games and we both inadvertently, so I left the queue to get in early. Uh Greg made Stuck a BL out
1: with the smelly colonies. Sorry, <laughs> okay. I mean I mean other gamers. <laughs>
0: and we both made a beeline inadvertently towards the PlayStation VR booth, where you played... I played Sniper Elite VR. How was it?
1: It was really good. It was my own spazziness that stopped me actually enjoying it. Because they give you, you have the move controls, but they give it to you in the, you know, the plastic rifle. The aim cool. controller, yeah. Yeah, and it's always called the aim controller. The aim controller. Yeah, okay, and yeah, it was, it was, took a while to get used to not moving the right stick to aim and actually using my head, but it's, it's coordinated. So you actually bring the, the aim controller up to your face and it acts as a scope. So there's no, there's no L2 to bring up the scope. It's you have to bring it up physically to your face. That's cool. It was cool. It took a while to get used to, but I started firing off shots and it was, uh, it was good. I think my aim was terrible though because I missed breakfast and I was. Proper shaky game going on.
0: I did watch you play The x-ray cam looked awesome. Yeah, like,
1: it really fills the screen.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah,
1: you can see it. I mean, if you really want to, you can turn your head away and be like, oh, no, I don't want to see the gore. But then you do see something splash past you. Yeah. Which is quite immersive. Well, wow, I really nailed him. <laughs> um, so, Sean, you played... I VR. played
0: Iron Man VR, which is freaking awesome. Now, it's definitely a standing up game. It's not one really of these VR games you're going to be playing stand, sitting down. But you really get the feeling that you are Iron Man. Your every all of your movements make a difference. So, like you can hold the T buttons on the move controllers, and you propel yourself forward, and you hold the move button to shoot with your repulsor blasters, and then you can punch if you can remember how to
1: do it. Do you remember
0: your amazing going
1: down swimming punch? Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, because well, you're you're above the C and like a training program, aren't you? Yeah. And you're supposed to, yeah, you're supposed to move the controller forward. But as you're going towards the sea, you're supposed to hold your hands down to hover. But it was quite funny watching Sean, who was falling down and then re- remembering how to punch, but kind of just <laughs> going like, Hoof, and falling into the sea, well, falling above the sea.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't very graceful. But I did, I did complete the course in a reasonably good yeah, time.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of people didn't.
0: No, there was a 10-minute slot for the demo, and I completed it in three minutes.
1: Although I was watching one guy who somehow managed to get himself turned around, so he had to look backwards to fly forwards. What? Yeah, I think there must have been some sort of calibration error as he was shooting stuff and looking oh. around that it fucked up, so he had to basically turn around to fly, <laughs> like, he, like he was dabbing almost. Do you know,
0: that is the one thing that I want this game to do. So basically, you, you, when you're standing and looking at the camera, you're looking forward, and if you want to look behind you, you have to turn around. Mm. I'd really like it if there was like a way to be able to stand still and spin yourself with your oh, like a powers, pivot. yeah like spin you I, I imagine that would probably make you throw up mm. violently because if, if you sort of put them both to one direction, and start spinning yeah so if you if you put your hands to one direction and pulled the triggers, you kind of moved in that direction, but if you could both like you could start to spin rather than that would be awesome when you're in v R you can be a bit sick so. It was it was an awesome demo, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing the trailer. Was a bit shlocky. The gameplay is shonky. Shonky. That's there That's we go. Looks, Third time's charm. Yeah. So once we were done with the VR booth, we headed over to the coat sink area to play some fogs.
1: Yeah, Phogs. You're like a. It's like cat dog. But you're like, dog dog. Dog dog. dog, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's conjoined dog's head thing that can stretch and bite stuff. Yeah. And yip at everything, but it's it's a weird sort of physics platform because if one of one of you, one of the same thing. One of us. One of one of one of us. One of us uh, <laughs> bites the giant glowing orb. The other one shoots a tortoise out of its mouth. Yeah, which raises the question about intestinal tracts. and.
0: Yeah, I don't think these things eat.
1: Are they fiber optic dogs?
0: Frogs. Frogs. <laughs> <laughs> frogs. There frogs. There we go. We, we've come to the conclusion of why the name frogs. Yeah, so it's like a platformy, puzzly type game. You can play it on your own with a twin stick controller and control both heads of the dogs. Or you can play it in co-op, like me and Greg did, where you can control a head each and don't yeah. ever play with Greg. Yeah, then
1: it became a case of who can wrap each other on the lamppost and throw each other off the cliff.
0: Yeah, basically we were trying to save each other from death while also trying to be the one that caused the death at the same time. And I don't think CodeSync were very impressed with our skills, but, you know, and we try, were having a good time. We break
1: a few games to make them fun.
0: Yeah, we were QAing it on the floor. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so after we think, played a bit of Fogs, which uh, I'll be honest, I'm well into.
1: It was good fun, yeah. Uh,
0: we went to the 50 minute demonstration for Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. So we had a sit-down demonstration. It was all live play. It,
1: and it really did dispel the notion of the whole scripted live play. I'm doing the air quotes here, live play thing that No Man's Sky caused. But this actually was a live gameplay demo. And it's fantastic. It's something to behold, isn't it? It's very good.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest with you, like, I, I didn't think that CD Projekt Red were going to be able to replicate the magic that they had with The Witcher
1: 3. No, I thought the first-person thing was going to be a bit of a massive detriment.
0: But it really looks good. Like, I mean, unbelievably they were, they were, good.
1: They were really bang about the custom creation thing, and... Even Holly Bennett was like, "Oh, because this is what everyone wants to see." And it's like you don't realise the irony in that because no one's going to see it, apart from those transitions into vehicles. When yeah. do you when did you ever see the character model?
0: Yeah, I get that. Like the, the customization options, that that was one of the things they showed. And you know, like Johnny Silverhands had a a really good quote. So, like once you finish your customization, Johnny Silverhands says. Nobody gives a fuck what you think, what yeah, you look like. Exactly. You're stupid wank or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so the bit of plot, the reveal was like Johnny Silverhands is like the ghost. Oh, yeah, head.
1: massive. Oh, it's not massive spoilers because I've seen this game. Um, yeah, the, the Keanu reveal, it turns out he's, the spirit of him is embedded in the chip that's in your brain. So he talks to you, uh, like Handsome Jack did in Tears of the Borderlands. That yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like a, you could only hear what, and he, he'll project himself, but it's only you that can see him and hear him and that kind of thing. But uh, there was... Uh, for, for all intents and purposes i won't spoil it but it was very good but there was an absolutely brilliant era that had been stitched so of course the narrating what's going on and as they were playing there was a npc that was t posing. if you don't know what t-posing is, it's basically when you stand legs together arms out at your side like a like a t and as as they were walking through pacifica which is a new area an npc was t-posing backwards up the flight of stairs and I couldn't stop laughing, and Sean started giggling as well. I think Holly clocked that we were laughing, and then was trying not to laugh during a presentation. But as as they moved around the corner, the character was still T-posing backwards, weren't they? Yeah. And she was really trying to downplay it. And she was like, right, that's the first time he... Well, I can't remember the chap's name that was playing it. Yeah, exactly. but That's your first one. That's your first glitch today. And it, <laughs> it, it, it did demonstrate that it was a live gameplay demo, but other than that, it was quite smooth.
0: Yeah, we spoke to, to Holly Bennett later in the day, and she said uh, this is the E3 demo that we saw, uh, which is like was from June, and it releases in May next year. Yes. So, you know, it was still, I mean, these things are all going to get ironed out. It was definitely a work in progress. And honestly, from what I saw, I literally mind blown. Like, the environment is destructible. You've given her an objective, and you go and do that. And it doesn't matter how you do it. The demo had uh, a stealth net runner uh, and a net runner and a solo strength was it solo Whoa, what
1: was it called cover the remember that the build was but it was
0: just it wasn't strong
1: was it? Or strong arm or something like
0: that yeah they had it basically they had a, a guy who was great at stealth and hacking and another that was basically you know balls to the ball muscle could rip open doors ghost in the shell style and it, it, so what they did was they, they flipped through several parts of the game running through with the hacker and the, the strength and it was basically you know all the things that you could do and there was a ton of things that you can do and if you want to play stealth it looks fun if you want to play you know strong arm was that solo strong arm was that what was
1: called uh, i want to say strong arm by it, but i might be paraphrasing but yeah you could you could uh you know you could hack a turret or you could sprint up to the turret pull the, ty- the gun out and use it yourself so you could have it as a defense turret or you can have it as an offensive
0: that was so good yeah that like the moment where you know you've got this person in in the mission that they showed that they got like a room full of villains and you have got to take them out and the stealth guy basically hacked them so that they were like blowing their own heads oh yeah you
1: can get an implant that forces people to their arms will act independently so they'll pull the pin on the grenades they're holding or shoot themselves in the head
0: like that was impressive that was impressive
1: but the bit when he got the the the, the strong playthrough and unloading shells into that balcony for the guy that was running yeah and again, to use the ghost in the shell analogy, it's like the bit where she's running from the tank. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the water just like that. he was just following them with the bullets, wasn't he? Yeah, it's yeah.
0: But, yeah. like, there's destruction in the environment. There's, like, dolphin thing. It was like an old, more... Oh, like triple it.
1: dolphin statue, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and
0: they shot parts of it off, and it looked like the physics were, like, parts of the dolphin were hanging off at, like, and, like, bouncing with the connection that was... It looked... I don't I don't understand how they're getting this game to run on PS4 and Xbox One. Like, it looks too good. Like, it's so good.
1: But then, as an interjection, I did also see The Witcher 3 running on a Switch Lite earlier on. So if they can do that, I'm sure they can yeah. put this out. Which is
0: like magic in itself, because it's the entire it Witcher insane. and all the DLC on a I was it, and I was just
1: like, this is, this is mental.
0: It looks amazing, too. It, yeah. it, in motion. Like, the stills that I've seen, I wasn't impressed. No, but, but i still behind seeing somebody it even today. on a
1: light Switch, uh, switch Lite, which is a smaller screen than a Switch. Yeah. But yeah, sidetrack, so fun.
0: Okay, so after we played the Cyberpunk twenty seven, after we watched the Cyberpunk twenty seven demo, we kind of broke up. You went to what did you play during that time? I played Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew.
1: Yeah, it's like a a Dead Cells style co op platformer by Modern Wolf, which is alright. I mean, it's two D arcade exploring. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dungeon crawler. It's not it'd be good fun, but it's nothing to do already.
0: No, fair enough.
1: Phone home about. Uh, we went to the retro booth after. So fun,
0: anyway. Well I I played a few games. I played um Shadow Play, um, which is like a card. So basically the developers had, had, had translated just a portion of the game that I think they were from Japan. So they basically chucked together just an E3 demo and it was like a bare bones demo. But it's like a card collector game where you recruit and it's kind of like frozen synapse, but card collectory. And I was very impressed with what I played, and the developer, I spoke to him afterwards, and he said there's a lot of stuff that they need to do in the English version. The, the, the version they've got at home is loads better. It's got, like, volumetric liking and stuff, and it, it looks like a really cool game. They've got, like, a cyberpunky, futuristic... It, it looks a really cool art style, and some of the, the character models, I was I actually thought they were, like, videos that were that detailed. But, yeah, and that's one to keep a lookout for. Uh, I also played uh, Everspace 2, so I, I really liked the first Everspace. We've got a review on the website, I give it an 8 out of 10. And the one thing I didn't like about it was that it was a roguelike, and it, you had to play the game a lot to get, get progress. And this one's not a roguelike, and it's just everything that Everspace 2 did well turned up. So it looks brilliant, really, really nice, controls brilliantly, um, I had to play on a keyboard, and even that felt good. I'm, I'm a pad guy, but the keyboard felt great. So, yeah, I'm well on board with that. So then we met up and both played Pacer. Yeah. Pacer. It's, it's Wipeout
1: and everything, but name and brand of cars, isn't it? Yeah. It's all right.
0: Yeah, I think of all the Wipeout clones that have, you know, the, the Wipeout efforts that have come since Wipeout, I think this one gets Wipeout a little more than the rest of them do. I just hope the game's a bit harder when it comes out, because... I came first on both the races and I was like 20 seconds ahead of yeah, the second Yeah, whereas
1: conversely I had, um, I played like a local area race against someone else, just one person. And it had the worst rubber banding ever. Now, I've said it before in one of my reviews, rubber banding is when you're behind and you'll catch up to the races, but they will also catch up to you. And I was, I don't say slaughtering this guy, but I blew him up like three times. And I was in quite the lead for like a good 70% of the race. And last lap, I was again hitting all the boosts, I wasn't slacking. And somehow we caught up and shot in and won. And the reps were like, ooh, that was a really close battle. And I thought, it wasn't. I'm not being bitter. I was like, hang on, I took him out like four took times. Yeah, the floor exactly. Yeah, the yeah. Like, if anything, I should be lapping him. Yeah. So if it's either really bad rubber banding, or if you die, it puts you very close to the opponents, which yeah. makes no sense. Other than that, it's a very nice visually stylish game.
0: That, that might have been because it was a share floor demo. Because you, really want... you don't really want to
1: be. Yeah, you don't want to put people off by making them be.
0: Yeah. The, the second place guy yeah you know, he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> got absolutely mullered but yeah i mean there's some really nice visuals in that game like those parts where they've got like a dust floor and you'd like kicking up dust and yeah. it look, looked really nice and it's coming to all the consoles i think it's coming to i don't know if it's coming to switch but yeah definitely one to keep your eye out for if you like Wipeout and after that i had to go on medieval do yeah. you know a lot of what i liked about medieval is still there the combat's still fun the, the level design really has aged a ton. So, like the, the first, I played through the, the tutorial on the first level, and you, you basically come out of the, his crypt. So, whatever his name is, Portskew. Portskew. there we go. And you go into the graveyard, and immediately you are met by the, the spiked fences that you can't jump over, despite the fact that you can jump higher than them, because there's invisible walls there. That, like, we're in the original game, and it, it's really tight and, you know, kind of constraining. And. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like there's not been enough quality of life updates to it to make it feel modern day. But still, I enjoyed the shit out of what I played. So, it's one of those kind of like, if you enjoyed the Crash Bandicoot remake, if you enjoyed the Spyro remake, you'll probably enjoy Don't,
1: this one. Well, those two are I, you know, I thought mine honestly, even looked shit. I thought it looked like a recoded shit. I know you... The thing it, is, looked, it, it looked clunky and it looked, as ugly as it did. On the PS1, and it just looked like a smooth-off, uglier version of it.
0: It felt really nice to play, though. Like, the combat was like...
1: It felt... Patient. I don't really you're staring intently intently at me as you say this
0: no I don't good alright no, no no I'm just, I'm just saying like I, I know like I know what it looks like it you looks say, like save me random third person <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after we did Medieval we went to the Retro Zone
1: and we played Donkey Konga
0: we played some Donkey Konga
1: we did one round of Donkey Konga we played Don't Stop Me Now by Queen and Sean didn't realise which side he was so he let the side down
0: I thought that was the top part the, the entire time he went
1: was that the bottom one?
0: No. Well, the thing is, like, at the end, I, d- I wasn't looking at the scores, though. I was looking at, like, where you're supposed to, you know, read the, the hits. And then I realised at the end that, that one of us had missed 143 notes. And I was like, well, Greg hasn't missed 143 notes on Donkey Kong. That oh, was dear. me. <laughs> yeah. And we played a bit of Donkey Kong, which is tough.
1: Oh, original Donkey Kong, yes. Couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, that was. I, I'm blaming the cabinet because the button was a bit. Warm yeah, there. yeah, but yeah, definitely. I'm definitely blaming the cabinet. <laughs> um, so after that, we went and played. Some... So I played a few more rounds of Grand Blue Fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is, this is definitely coming my
1: new favorite fighter. I wrote up about it yesterday, and it's uh, it's worth checking out if you like Dragon Ball Fighters or any of the BlazBlue games. It's the next progression from that. Really good fun. So we played me a few more rounds of that.
0: Absolutely, I, I totally agree with that as well. Um, it's great play.
1: Yeah. Like, easy to get into, but it's going to be hard to work out, you know, like counters and parries like any fighting game, but yeah. it's quite accessible, isn't it? Yeah. If you what look we're... at any new fighting game, you think, oh God, it's going to have a new learning, like move set, it's going to have something yeah. different. But uh, no, it's it's fun. And it, it's some highlight mem- like moments, isn't it?
0: Oh God, yeah, like Mick played as that gran and like he was instantly my favourite, favourite, because like it was easy to get into big combos, but also easy to break if you were to like, yeah. give me a second. <laughs> After we fought on none of it, we went to play Journey to the Savage Planet. Yeah, it's
1: like a cutesy No Man's Sky meets well, without the the flying that we got to anyway. It's like a the, the land exploration of No Man's Sky mixed with kind of like the Borderlands. Like the your computer is a bit sassy. Yeah, she's very like, you know, I I went and ate something and she went, oh well, you're just going to eat something I haven't scanned yet. Fine. Yeah, yeah. more for
0: you. So, so like you walk around and basically you, you are basically tearing through this planet, which is trying to kill you, but also in a kind of sarcastic way,
1: like Sassy Glados. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so like the, the the robot says to you, "Go and scan that orange goo because that looks interesting," and you pick it up and mash sure. it into your mouth, and she goes, yeah, all right." Uh, you do you. You yeah. survive how you, you want you on this hostile you. planet, yeah, yeah. and then if if you keep eating the yellow goo, eventually she says, "So good news, bad news." Good news is that yellow goo is making you better and stronger. Bad news is it's replaced all of your bones with unbreakable tumours. Did you die at all? No.
1: No, I died once and she was like, "Ah, I've worked out that you need to die at least 49 more times before you lose any semblance of who you really are. (laughs) It was like... Yeah.
0: Really self-referential kind of uh, self-acknowledging. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The whole like cloning thing from like, you know, the sixth day and stuff like that. Like you will lose fragments of you, but... Oh, thanks. I just want to go and shoot things. Yeah,
0: gameplay. Wise, I, I ended up
1: somewhere I shouldn't have been. I did didn't break you? it. No, um, there was a bit that cliff, wasn't there? Yeah. And I ended up in the lava mouth.
0: Did you know? Yeah,
1: and I, I, I tried throwing that trampoline goo down there, and it kept burning up. And I was like, oh. And the guy was like, how did you get there? I was like, oh, I just double jumped. He went, oh, are you supposed to go at the. I was like, oh, so I'm stuck there. He went, yeah. All <laughs> like, oh, right, I'm done now anyway. It's been like 15 minutes, but yeah, it's not like I wasn't supposed to be there. Like I broke the demo, but. I don't think I was equipped to do anything.
0: Yeah. yeah. You I hadn't know. got the thing from up that mountain that you were supposed to get to get down there.
1: Obviously not. No. Yeah, there
0: you go. <laughs> ah. But yeah, I mean, that Shortcuts comes out... not always a good idea, kids. Is that April or... I think it's February. February 2020. Another game for you to look forward to in the worst period of gaming history of all time when every game releases in January, February, March or April next year. The spring drought. Yeah. <laughs> the, the spring drought when we all die from like not having enough money for food because we're buying Final Fantasy. yeah. Um, so after that, I went to play Lord Winklebottom Investigates. So a little bit of a, a, a like, I back this on, on Kickstarter. And if you, you might, if you follow the site, I interviewed one of the developers, uh, Charlotte, on, for the site a couple of months ago. And basically, it's like a point-and-click adventure where you play as a giraffe who's also a detective. And he's got a hippo sidekick called Mr. Rumple who's basically, you know, it's basically Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, but it's a really smartly written and a really lovely point-and-click adventure, and I'm very glad that I backed it. I was going to back it anyway because it just looks fucking cute as hell, but, like, this this game really is kind of sounding itself to me now. And then after that, I went to play uh, Recompile, which Roscoe went to play at Reds last year, and uh, did you play it as well? Yeah, we
1: played it next to each other. We were having sort of competition, so you could do it first.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Did you beat him by any chance?
1: Mm. Can't remember. <laughs> I, I legit can't remember.
0: Ah, fair enough. So, yeah, you you basically play as like a computer programmer and a third-person action platformer-style action game. And, yeah, it, it looks really good. It, it's a lot – so there's, like, an awesome effect on your character where they're, like, made of voxels and, and pixels that kind of grow and – Change and if you've got my,
1: my, my comparison back to the time in March was Res meets Tron.
0: Yes, that is exactly it. There's so I, the one thing I didn't know that was in the game, there was like a hack mode where you could pause and then move boxes around. Oh, that wasn't there puzzle. in March. So that's that might have been added then. So we just had the Infinite Flight. I didn't even get that. Oh, okay. So part so obviously, if you if you want to know about the Infinite Flight, you know, go check out the the March previews <laughs> from Res, but the. There's a, it's so like you press the Y button on the Xbox control that we, we played on, and you pause the game and then could move items around the map to, to basically provide uh, yourself with platforms. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool actually. And then did you have like a slowdown where you could slow down action?
1: Oh, I think for aiming and stuff.
0: Yeah, so there was, there was that too. It's a cool looking game, seems like a really cool um, So yeah, I'm going to keep an eye out for that one. Then I went to go and play Charles Cecil's new one, Beyond a Steel Sky and i've not played beneath the steel's guy i played a lot of charles Cecil's other games like the broken mirror stuff and this is really cool there's some of the dialogues awesome it's basically another point and click adventure and it's pretty awesome the art styles brilliant the puzzles are really cool they got these two kids and the the demo that i played there was a kid named pixel who was just freaking hilarious and yeah definitely definitely one to keep your eye out for all. and then we both went and played Extreme sports games, you went to play Tony, Tony slopes.
1: slopes. Yeah, which is just, uh, I hope they build on it because I had, like pre-alpha footage, but it's just this quote-unquote wacky racer where you get to pick your character model and you can choose a wacky hat from like a top hat or a plunger or a turd or devil horns. And then your vehicle, which can be a bathtub or a rubber ring or a dinghy or a whale, as in like a blue whale. It, essentially, it's, just, it's a snowboard race down a slope and i really hope they improve on it because it was just a bit shonky yeah. you fall off at the merest collision rate. i don't know if you saw me playing it when you came back i did yeah yeah i, I got clipped by
0: someone and suddenly it's like a five second death animation and me going ah i'm, like, I'm <laughs> wasting time here come on I imagine it'd be really great if you were incredibly drunk and you were playing this... i think
1: it's a wacky thing yeah yeah
0: it was like a party game where you know if you can have a few drinks I, like I, when I stood behind you, I was watching, it and I could see a, basically a guy going down a slope in the same match as you on a whale, and you were on some kind of like rubber ring or something. Yeah. And I was like, "What the hell is this? This doesn't make any sense." And the, the whale was obviously coming last because he's sliding a whale down a mountain. Yeah.
1: Which, funny enough, doesn't handle very well. No. yeah. <laughs> it's, a word. it's not their natural habitat.
0: So yeah, that was Tony Slopes. I'm probably going to give that a go tomorrow just to see what. Oh does. yeah. Because it, it seems like there was quite a lot of people excited about it. I think because it's just the name, isn't it?
1: It's clearly capitalising on that famous um, skateboarder.
0: Yes, which happens to be, what I was playing Skatebird, Tony Hawks, Skatebird. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was in the Leftfield collection at that time playing Skatebird, which is the new game from Glass Bottom Games. It's basically a bird on a skateboard and, you know, it's not as fun to play as it looks like it is going to be, but it is a pretty fun game to play I'll, I'll be honest like it's not tony hawk skater and i probably shouldn't expect it to be given the fact that you know it's from an indie team but it looks cute as hell and as long as you know it's still in development still a way to go for it and i really hope they can like nail down some of the glitches that i saw but it it's cute and awesome and i kind of want a even though it, you know it wasn't that enjoyable it was fun getting some tricks off, um, but it, it just felt like it's it's more heavily physics-based than Tony Hawk's was. Yeah. So you had to do some of the tricks yourself. There wasn't, you know... And I was doing flips, and even though I was seen to be landing them, they never stuck, even though I my skateboard would Is hit the floor. Did you ever
1: play Project 8 when you had the dual thumbstick? Yeah. Is it a bit like that? you think you've got a trick, and it just
0: goes, nope? Yeah, so like okay. it, it felt like I'd read it, like I'd done a flip. Yeah. And... So I'd, I'd come off a rail and then done a flip and the skateboard hit the ground. My bird just fell off. Yeah. And a bird, it was like, a that's look like the next that's not time. A northern
1: thing. He actually was a bird.
0: A bird. I mean, <laughs> a, bird a bird fell off a board. <laughs> so yeah, I'm probably going to go back because there is there is somebody from the development team there and I just want to go speak to them about it because it, it seemed like a cool game anyway. Yeah. So that, that was kind of a, like the last game that we played yeah. at EGX. But then we went to the... What are they called? God damn. Numskull.
1: We nicely got invited by Ryan from Numskull Design. It's Numskull without a B. They do a lot of like merch, t shirts, um, key rings, and they've started producing a lot of miniature arcade cabinets, like fully wood cabinets of like Galaga, Pac Man, Miss Pac Man, and Galaxian. And they do a lot of like keychains. Uh, they started publishing their own games as well. Through Twitter, he nicely invited us to this little event they had in The Fox by the XL. Which has a little pub and yeah, they they sort of give us a little walk around. Told us about the the tubs, rubber ducks that are coming out, new Christmas jumpers that are coming out, which are they're very thick. They're very nice. Too. They're very nice, but they're very thick jumpers. So if you if you catch cold easily, I'd invest in one. If you feel the heat, then yeah, don't.
0: I was I was surprised by how soft they were. I love this. They seem like I'm pitching them right now. Yeah. But honestly, well, they they felt really nice. <laughs> give them
1: a shout out because they were nice enough to invite us. Yeah. So it was uh, It was good, and that was.
0: Well that was it, wasn't it? Well while we were there, I we played Super Epic.
1: Oh yes, the, the raccoon the disabled raccoon on a llama game.
0: Yeah. Craig didn't just have a stroke, he, he actually is describing a game about a disabled llama disabled raccoon. And a, a raccoon
1: llama. with a croquet mallet on the back of a llama.
0: This sounds mental. So basically the game is is, is like an anti microtransaction game and it has some incredible meta to it. So it's not it comes out in December, I think was it was December I
1: said? very soon yeah
0: so it's like a 2d platformer but sometimes you have to go into like this whole meta situation so at one point of the game there's like a laser um barrier stopping you to get into this treasure and there's a qr code on a painting next to the safe that you are trying to get into and the game gives you a hint and says hmm i wonder if there's something about that painting that could help so i got my phone out and i scanned the qr code and the qr code sent me through to a website which was called Flappy Pig. So it was basically Flappy Bird. Flappy
1: Pig, yeah. yeah. Flappy or Flappy,
0: I can't remember. <laughs> like, flappy or Flappy, I can't remember what it was. But basically, then you had to complete that game to get the code to be able to get past this laser fire, this laser fence on your phone. And once you'd done so, the game crashed and said, it, you know, it was kind of saying, you know, like the malware where it says, like, if you want to fix your PC, play this much. It came up with loads of those error messages. And then it said, error code. And then gave me the code to the fence. It's so meta, like very weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it, what a weird game. What a it, like they they're really presuming that people have like the QR scanning and stuff. But so fun. And it's like all the enemies are like fat cats and fat pigs that like. I'm sure
1: there's some sort of narrative to it. Oh yeah. no, it's anti microtransactions. Anti microtransactions. Yeah. Yes, yes, right, right on, on the nose. Ryan but, was saying it's very I'm taking out microtransactions and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very relevant to our time.
0: <laughs> one one of the unlockables was a fifty-pound prepaid card for mobile games, That's right, yeah. <laughs> like fifty-pound prepaid card. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um, yeah a really fun game, and Ryan thankfully said we can talk about it. So thank yep. you, Ryan, and thank you for the the event. Uh, and
1: uh, yeah, if you if you need some good merch, check out Numskull.
0: Yeah, they they're awesome. Um, Sounds
1: like a pay promotion. We got a couple of keychains, but that was a
0: yeah, the thing is, like they you know, those They went, he went out
1: of his way to invite us, which is nice so. And and the stuff the stuff's good. Yeah.
0: Like we're not the only person that says that. No, no, no. He's obviously doing well
1: after they've now launched a line of other stuff and a self publishing game, so
0: Which is which is awesome. Pretty decent stable. including AI at the Sonyum files, which I will be reviewing pretty soon for all. Yes. Um so yeah, so that was day two of our EGX visits. What have we got on tomorrow? Well
1: I'm gonna put on my new Bioshock t-shirt. Oh, right. Um. <laughs> tomorrow, I don't know. Tomorrow, I think it's going to be a free-for-all day. I mean, day one was, was big'uns, triple A's. Today was more indie-focused. And tomorrow, it's going to be rammed, isn't it? It's going to be school kid mania.
0: Yeah, tomorrow's going to be mental. See what happens.
1: Yeah. Probably not going to play Doom, but I'm not exactly going to have to lose sleep over that. Uh, you played it. I play Final Fantasy. But we're going to let Martin off like a kid with a boat. bag of sherbet. <laughs> uh, anything he's played, we're going to add to the list. Yeah, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Really cool schmooze and have some non-alcoholic drinks because we're straight edge. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that, so yeah, that was that was day two of
0: Finger Guns on the Road. Welcome to the third and final bonus episode of the Finger Guns podcast, live from EGX 2019. It's Sean Davies here, and I am joined by a very croaky Greg Hicks. Uh, oh Christ! <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Hello. I couldn't even do that right.
0: Hello. So a little do not do not adjust your zets. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little bit of backstory to this: uh, last night we 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 bumped into some devs from Frontier and from Two Point Hospital, and I ended up drinking with them until two a.m. in the morning. So today feeling a little bit worse. Where? But, uh, no, speak for yourself, I don't, I just lost my voice yesterday. Well, okay, I feel worse for wear, Greg's just um, Barry White with laryngitis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laryngitis White. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you'll have to bear with us, we'll, we'll get through this as best we can, um, but we both did have a, an extra long day. It's yeah, bit, we've had a bumper day, haven't we? An absolute chock full of day of games. I think if I keep talking, it's alright, if I stop talking, the throat tells so... Yeah. Right. Well, well. Well, let, we'll let you talk about yours though, because you got in there earlier than I did this morning, because I was busy wolfing down noodles. <laughs> so, uh, you got in there first, and what did you go and see first? I went and managed to get into the Death Strand, uh, oh, Death Stranding, the
1: interactive video. Oh, sorry. It's not interactive. You don't get to interact at all. It's, it's gameplay footage narrated over by Hideo Kojima. I think some of it's taken from the Tokyo Game Show clips, so. home because yeah. the subtitles have got an MC. I think that's the one that he was yeah, yeah. playing and narrating to. Um, still didn't show much about the story. I mean, he's definitely keeping that one close to his chest. The main sort of tenet gameplay was the networking features they're trying to do. Similar to Dark Souls, but a bit more interactive, because there's a big focus on, you know, like using lad- like telescopic ladders to climb. Yeah. But on the map, you can see where other people have laid their ladders. There's got to be a limit. I think it's like only people in that server or region... Yeah. Otherwise, you'd have fifty thousand ladders littering the letterbox. it has got to be people. It's obviously like people of a similar level or progression. Yeah. And it's their ladders. If they have put up any uh, like the rain barriers, because the rain is called time and it ages you and damages your uh, your packages, so you can use their shelters and beacons that they've they've set up. And that was the bulk of the the interactive demo, as it was. The last part was a boss, or a, not a boss fight, but if you get dragged into the tar, you might have seen it in one of the trailers, the, uh, the four-legged beasties, the gold faces. Battle were one of those where you throw grenades at it. That was an example of the, the mechanics of that, really. We were told before going in there'd be a cutscene and there wasn't. It was a bit disappointing. Not the game itself. I'm still, I'm still going to get it, but it didn't, I know it wasn't going to give much of the story away, but there wasn't any kind of character development or teasers or anything. It was just,
0: The network features and mini boss battle Uh, that was it really it definitely seems like i mean if we we know that other people got review copies and that people have been given like seven different deadlines that they have to meet with their coverage so like they can talk about the fact that they've got a copy they can talk they can post one gif by a certain date they can reveal certain it's going to be very interesting because it does certainly seem like they're keeping like the biggest chunk of the story Behind closed doors until we all get our hands on it. Which, thanks for that. You know, like
1: yeah, the it's, we know.
0: it's good. It's stops Like
1: the problem with a lot of movies and games now is they give away so much in the trailers. You think, oh, to play it now. Yeah. So maybe that's the gimmick to make people want to play it more. Who knows? Yes.
0: People so, are going to be really disappointed if there isn't anything more to it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. But you know, I mean, he has said that he's keeping secrets, so. That's yeah. typically the big secrets are not just, ha it's actually an MMO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so after that, you headed off and you went to play Zombie Army 4? Yes, the new one from Rebellion. It's definitely
1: its own thing now. It's not It's not really a mod from the Sniper League games anymore. No it's definitely its own Its own franchise now. Yeah. Uh, especially with Strange Brigade last year. It, it's in that mould that it's the same kind of thing. Zombie hordes, a bit of an occult thing going on. There's, uh, like, ambush rooms then you want to get from point to point. I only got to play at one player, though. It definitely benefits from multiple people.
0: Did they did they see how many players you'd be able to play as? Uh, four. Four, so four player online.
1: There is, like, the you can still you still have a sniper rifle. I mean, otherwise, it wouldn't be
0: a sort of sniper
1: spin-off game. And you still get the occasional extra kill. But it's a bit hard to stand there and line up shots when you're being attacked. Yeah. Like, by zombies. But it's, it was fun. It was just, like I said, it was a bit strenuous because you're
0: on your own. So it sounds like if you have one person covering you... like Yeah, yeah, the yeah. I mean,
1: your, your secondary weapon could be like a shotgun a machine gun. Yeah. And then a pistol. But, yeah, if you want to use the paint weapon, then... Yeah. Yeah, it seems a bit... Yeah, you need, you need more than one
0: person, really. And then the the last game that you played um, before I arrived was Table Manners.
1: Oh, God, it's hilarious. Uh, if you've ever played Surgeon Simulator, you'll be on the right sort of path with this. You, you pick a date from a... What's the outcome? Oh blunder! So it's like a Tinder knockoff. That's that's whole point. Yeah, and then you can, if you want to, engage in some dialogue with them, which right. you can also fail. You can fail the date before you've even gone on the date, right? Because it says like you can send a jokingly reply back, and I think I said a joke back, and my prospective date went, "Oh, you're not a murderer, are you?" And I chose deny as in to say, "Not not," which I thought would be jokey, and the reply came out with, "Not yet, I'm not." <laughs> and I was like, how in any context is that going to get you off to a, yeah. yeah and, no. then, and then they locked me. I was like, oh. picking up. And the, the rep was like, oh, yeah, you can have one of the other ones in the contact. But I was like, oh, good, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you pick your date, change your setting. The first the first one they give you is just a table in a restaurant. And the instructions you're given to you are from your date. So they'll say, I'm saying day because you can date men or women. Uh, but uh, your date will say, oh, why don't you pour us some wine? Now, the, the controls, I don't know how they'll do it on the console, probably with the the triggers, but it's like left shift, left shift moves the hand up and down. Sorry. Left shift moves the hand up. Control moves the hand down. Pushing the mouse forward and back moves the hand on the horizontal plane and moves it around. But you've got to use that in conjunction with the shift and control yeah. to raise it and lower it. Right click rotates the hand. You've got to hold it. Left click grabs things. Yeah. So you've got to use that in conjunction. So if you've got the bottle of wine, you've got to rotate the hand and grasp it, lift it up with shift, move the mouse, yeah, letting go of right click so you don't rotate it, <laughs> moving the mouse, <laughs> then clicking the right mouse button to rotate the to, to tilt the bottle, yeah, um, yeah, and then moving the bottle, and then they'll want salt on their fries, so you've got to pick the salt up. But uh, it's simple instruction like lighting the candle on the table. You've got matches, or you've got the little flambe, like steak torches, yeah, blow torch things, and uh, yeah, you, you think you've done it, and next thing you know, you, you pan out, you set a table on fire as well. So you've got a, <laughs> you've got like a mini extinguisher to put a table out, and so it's a hot date then. Hey,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: then it's it's it varying degrees of progression in the date. So they'll want ketchup on their steak, which is. It's really. Can you end the date there? Can <laughs> you just, just walk say, That's away? It, I'm done. <laughs> um, they want ketchup on their steak. They don't, they don't actually eat the food. And then they want a slice of your pizza, so you've actually got to pick the pizza and pretty much ram it in their face. <laughs> it disappears, but the, the the action is essentially hand down. Look at like a toy claw game in an arcade. Yeah. Pick up pizza, ram it on home. Them. Straight <laughs> in the And then they want a brownie. You've got to order the brownie for the menu? Straight in the face. <laughs>
0: So, well, what what do the dates look like? Are they, like, proper models? Are they character models? Yeah, yeah, they're cutesy character
1: models. Oh, yeah, right. it, you've got a range of choosers for men and women. And you, there's a little progress meter on the side. It looks like a health bar, but it's obviously there.
0: Yeah.
1: And they go from being smiley to distracted to on their phones to arms crossed, and then they'll walk away. Right. Okay. But they can change. They can be sat there like phones, and they'll get pissed off and cross their arms. And then you make them better, and that then they'll get their phone up, because that's the stage. Yeah. But it's... It's not too bad a game when you get the sort of movement mechanics. And the rep was like, "Oh, try the hard level." And you're in a boat, and there's two tables with like a, a tray on a on a pulley system. So every time that you shift, you go from one table to the other. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, you can put stuff on the tray to move it across." So she said about light. I don't know why she wanted you to light a candle at sea in daylight. But she does, but <laughs> what they, what they did. It was a she in my case. So matches are on one side, candles on the other. Uh, so I picked the matches up, threw them, didn't mean to, but it, the items will reappear if you lose them. Yeah. And he said, no, no, you can't, you can grab the, the, the candle. What's the, what are those fancy dishes called? the old candles in, like, they, they're like lanterns? Candle holder. Yeah, I suppose so. He'll go with that. <laughs> um, he said, you can't pick that up and put it on the tray. So when you do move, it'll go back with you. So I grabbed it and then I kind of broke the game. Oh. You know, you see those game games where like, and uh, bodies are stretched. Yeah. Horrendously. Yeah. I grabbed the, the lantern, the candle holder and the entire hand just like spazzing out across the screen yeah. and he came up and he went You're not meant to see that not meant to see that not meant to see that <laughs> and then it crashed yeah 11 out of 10 would would eat again it was good fun
0: so I mean you know you look at what Coffee State have been doing with this kind of genre of simulator like goat simulators you know you've got Surgeon Simulator no I don't think it's intentionally buggy no but like the, those games leave those things in but in a in a restrained way so that you know like you, you can watch the goat basically completely freak out on screen
1: Oh, no, that was, that was meant to be intentional, but Zodiac Simulator was, like, deliberately... Difficult. And yes, yeah. but it wasn't buggy, so everything was meant to be wacky physics, but if you did something wrong, you I know what you mean. You yeah. like, get the saw stuck sometimes, and it yeah. will just...
0: I think that's just... Things will just... Blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, that, that would do that in the confines of the thing. It's stuck in it, one. It? Yeah. Very rarely will it stretch in the saw. Right, okay. I think this is the same kind of thing, but it was an early build, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they just... It kind of, well, that wasn't meant to happen.
0: Fair enough, okay.
1: But it, it, I'm talking about it, so it was good. <clears throat> Thoroughly
0: enjoyed it. Now, to give you a rest. Hooray. <laughs> that really hurts. So now I, now I actually got into EGX, and I played a literal shit-ton of games. Uh So first I headed over to P-Cube, who had uh, Initial Drift, which is their new uh, drifting game, which they announced like two weeks ago. Uh, it's basically a twin stick drifting game, which is like the first of its kind. The demo they had, they had three different cars, and the left stick was to direct the the car. And when you flick the right stick in any direction, the back of your car would spin out. But depending on how fast and how mobile your and how like how agile your car was, depends how easy it was it was to drift. So the slowest car you could flick out and drift like around the road really easily really easy to control the faster car was like and a shopping trolley that be bouncing off the barriers the game looks great it's really interesting it takes a lot of getting used to at first but once you do get hold of it so like ended up beating the fast car with the slow car because i was cornering so much better than it was uh as, as the bot so yeah it's got a ton of potential and i'm really looking forward to that one And i know paul is too because uh, he's already bagged the review copy, but we'll have to have a discussion about that now. Um, <laughs> so after that, uh, PQ also had uh, Warborn, which is like a, a mech-based hex strategy game. We included it on our list of games that were going to come out this year to look forward to in back in January. And it's not going to come out this year. It's because they've added like every console platform known to man to it, apart from the Vita, of course. So yeah, it's it's basically a really awesome strategy game you you have like a hex grid you move troops around you can perform attacks and uh, you've got particular like special units that look like gundams that you can call in that have like awesome uh, attacks one, one of the really cool things is that like based on the hex grid if you can shoot through multiple enemies the the damage will stack so there's there's a ton of strategy there uh, and that was that was really impressive so that's definitely one to keep an eye on still Right around the corner was, from Modus Games, uh, Chris Tales. So I'd never heard of this before, um, but the art style looked, like, really lovely. Like, basically like a Studio Ghibli movie. It looked phenomenal. So I was like, "I'll, I'll give it a go. The tutorial, initially, it puts you in, like, a combat situation where you're defending this village. And the combat is basically Final Fantasy VIII. So every attack, you can choose to attack or do a skill. And as you attack, if you press a, a certain button, you'll follow it up with a better attack, and the same the other way. So basically, when somebody attacks you, if you if you time the button press right, you'll like block some of the damage. Then the game itself, like it takes you into like a bit of a story thing where you've got this frog that kind of guides you around, and it's it's a stunning game. It looks fantastic. The art style is is like say mind blowing. But that was definitely one to keep an eye on as well. So then I went to go and see Roki, which is from the United Label Games and from Polygon Treehouse. And I'll be honest with you, this was the best game I've played all weekend. It's like an adventure game based in Swedish mythology. It's gorgeous, really, really stunning. Um to put, It's basically like an adventure game where you walk around and try and solve puzzles, but everything's based on mythology. So at the start of the demo, you walk into a tree and inside the tree are loads of eyes that open up bit freaky then you walk outside and there's a troll under a bridge with a sword stuck in its back and the troll's like if, if you help me take the sword out of, out of my back i won't eat you so then you have to go and try and find a way to do that and it's like combining items that you find in the environment to then try and pull the sword out the the troll's back it, it's really gorgeous game it's like the probably the best most exciting thing i played there the music was brilliant. the like the dialogue was really nailed down. They've done a really great job on that game. I'm really excited about it. Then I went to go and see Atomic Crops, which is Stargy Valley meets a twin stick shooter. So you go around like farming, dropping crops during the day, watering them and growing them to keep yourself alive because there's been some kind of nuclear apocalypse. But as soon as night falls, like loads of things, like animals try to come and eat your crops, so you have to defend them during the night. So during the day you're obviously farming, and during the night you're just basically fighting. It seems like a quite cool game. I think it's out on PC now. I might give that a look when I get back to Stoke. So next I want to go and see what uh, No More Robots are destri- describing as the Sad Dad Simulator. Yes, your liege, and it's like it, like a King Simulator. Kind of like that mobile game where you get to choose between two different cards each time. The idea is what they're called. Reigns. Yeah. So it's like Reigns where you basically, people come to you and they ask you questions like, hey, the, the, first, the first decision you have to make is uh, they found a deserter. And if you, you can either execute him or you can let him live. But you're about to enter a big battle anyway, so he's probably going to die. So it doesn't really matter either way. There's a really quite a funny bit. that If like basically at the start of the game, your, your castle is completely surrounded. And if you wave the white flag and like surrender, the, the king says, I'm sure they'll be noble and you know, they'll let us leave us alone. And then just a message pops up to go game over. You have been mutilated. Your castle has been ransacked. Nobody spoke your name apart from birds for years. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> The, game, the game's cool. It's like a pixel art style. It's, it's a, quite a nice-looking game. And uh, I didn't really want to spoil too much of it because it's like one of those games that's going to be my jam. So, yeah, that's one I'll be looking forward to. Then I went to go and see Aero 2. So I'd never played the original Aero, despite it being, like, it looked really appealing a couple of years ago when I saw it at EGX Resed. And I thought I'd give this one a look. And basically it's like a rhythm game that you follow... It, you can move your left stick uh, on the controller around in a circle and your ship, which is centered when it's not being pushed, um, moves to the side of the screen. You have to follow like a ribbon of light as it moves around the screen. And as you do, do so, there's like dubstep music and like trance that's being played. And if you don't follow the, the ribbon of light, the music goes off key, kind of like any normal rhythm game. Yeah, that's really cool. They had a really awesome kind of seat, custom seat thing where the, the seat would rumble along with the game, which was fun what else star grave reapers yeah so well next off i went to go and see that which is spilt milk are the developers which this year count the mmo lazarus which was an incredibly ambitious game but it looks like you know the developers said it was the right decision to cancel it but what they're doing is taking a lot of what they put into lazarus to create star grave reapers which is single-player driven experience set in you know the same kind of universe it's like a twin stick space shooter the demos early I, I picked up a game that somebody had already played and they'd managed to bug it completely but you know that that's what happens on, on, on EGX show floor so we reset the demo and it, it felt really nice to play there's a lot of potential there so I'm really excited about that one what else oh yeah I went to see warp drive which is it was in the transfuser area it Basically, it's like Wipeout, except you're in, like, Hovercraft. And unlike Wipeout, the outsides of the tracks, they are, like, dirt and will slow you down, which was diff- different. And every so often in the track, the, the track starts to glow, multicolored, like, rainbow shimmer. And at that point, you can press A, and it will, like, transport you around the track to a different part of the track, which is it. It's a nice little gimmick. I'm not sure if it'll really change the genre, but it felt quite nice to play. There were no weapons in the game, the demo that I was playing, and it probably would benefit from them. But it was still, the the racing itself was quite fluid and cool. Oh, I'm almost there, Greg. I'm almost it's there. It's fine. I've reverted. <laughs> re- re-
1: reverted back to whispering yeah, really. everything.
0: So next I want to go to Coatsync and see sub level Zero Redux. Which is the Switch version of Sub-Level Zero? This game, I I played the demo on PC, and I played it. I've played about twenty minutes of it on PS4. This probably is the least visually impressive version of it because it's basically it's on the Switch, so you've got to expect some downgrading. It's still pretty good. It's it's like I can't remember the retro game that it's actually you know it it's akin to, but you on a, a spaceship that flies around the inside of a, uh, another bigger spaceship. And you shoot things, and you can rotate your view like 360 degrees, and it feels really great to play on the Switch. But like I say, it is a a bit of a visual downgrade. But playing this demo did convince me that I'm going to go and buy it on the PS4. So I guess that's that's one thing. Um, (laughs) And then I went and played Cake Bash with a load of kids, which is their new multiplayer party game. So you play as cakes, as you might expect for the game named Cake Bash, and you've got a number of four-player local like activities that you have to compete in. So the, the first one that I played was there's like a, a cake in the middle of a table and your selected cake has to go up and pick up a piece of fruit and then throw it into the cake. And the person who threw the most amount of fruit into the cake by the end of the, the round is the winner. And that was fine until they told us that there are, there are golden fruits strap, which drop which count as 10 fruit, but you can also punch people and you can knock them out and make them dizzy. So once one of these golden fruit dropped, basically everyone was trying to bash each other out to get this golden fruit because we were all pretty level. So it ended up just being a scrap of me and these three school kids. And I came last in every one of the rounds, which was, I'm gonna say I let them beat me, but I really didn't. I was trying really hard to beat these school kids and I failed. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fun game. There was another another round which is you had to go and punch uh, fortune cookies that were falling from the sky onto this table, and whoever smashed the most got you know, won the round. And another one was that there was like toppings that were falling, and you had to walk around and put toppings on top of your cake, basically just by walking over them. But if somebody punched you, some of the toppings would fall off. So you were like picking up jelly beans and sticking them on the top of your donut if you're playing as donut. Let me tell you, this game makes you hungry. Like, I'd already had my dinner, and after that I was like, I want food. It's it's a nice-looking game. Very, like, it's a family-friendly game. I'm definitely going to be playing this with my kids when it comes out. So, yeah, it's a a, a nice-looking game. And I went around some of the uh, university areas. So I went around the transfuser and I went around the, the DARE program. And I sat down and played this one game, and it was like really stood out to me because it, it looked great and the the mechanics were great. And it's called Station by Penrose Games, and I think they're from a university in Wales. I think it was Aber. Oh, I can't I can't say because I'm just going to murder it. But it's a, from a university in Wales. Um, uh, Aberystwyth. I, I don't think it was Aberystwyth. Okay. But it definitely began with an A. But like I was going to say Aberforth, but I think that's from Aberdean.
1: Right. To go to
0: yeah, it, it's from Wales. It begins with a. Um, I apologise that I don't know where the university is from. Basically, it was like an, a spaceship. You're in a space station. That's you know the, the name of the game is called station, and you've got a UI like a, an AI, sorry, that's helping you, and a version of the AI that's trying to kill you, while you're walking through the, the the station. So like one of the one of the first bits of the game, you walk into, what looks like a recreational area on this sci-fi ship. Then the bad AI turns off the gravity, so everything in the room then just hits the ceiling, including yourself. But thankfully you've got this like traction gun, which will like fire out a grappling who can pull you to places. Uh, And later on using that to swing around the level, attaching to these green barriers, which like you're trying to fly over lava. And then there's a bit where there's, you're basically in the engine room and you're dodging fire blasts that are coming over your head. It was a really, really solid demo. And I think it was their uh, graduation game. And uh, they they said they're going to try and finish it and get it out and actually publish it. So uh, good luck to them because it had a lot of potential. Then I went to go and see Unto the End. So there's been a lot of games that have tried to do Dark Souls in 2D. And I think this is probably the game that gets it the most. You play as this uh, old grizzled veteran dude uh, who's... And it, it's it looks a little bit like a colorful limbo you're in like a cave system and in the demo you you walk along and then like animals attack you but you've got like a very complex combat system where you can you can hold up your arm like you can parry high parry low dodge and you can repost and once you've like Once you've parried low or blocked low, you can do. It was a really complex system, and you did get into a tutorial which really explained it a lot better than I'm doing it here. (laughs) It had a lot of potential, and it really it looked like a nice game. It's got like this low poly feel to it, but it was really quite dim and it dark and Nordic feel to it. And one of the cool things is that like if you get hit, so like if if a goblin or whatever it is that like stabbed you, you'd become injured until you healed yourself. So basically you were like hobbling around now, trying to fight. So it, it really pushed that whole kind of punishing feel. So definitely worth a look as well. Then I played Fuzzball, which the developer was keen to point out, he spent a lot of money on, and it's coming out on all the platforms. And basically it's a, a it's a collection of mini games where you play as an animal, which is in a ball, and you're basically propelling yourself at you against other players, to try and complete objectives. So one of them was like, survive. So the aim was to push each other off a table. And another one was push other players off the table. So you're pushing other players off the table. And then there was another one where NPCs joined and it was like, push those off the table. And (laughs) it it felt like a mini game that you'd find in another game. Didn't feel like a full game in itself. Maybe there's more to it. And I hope there is when it comes out because... It looked cutesy, and it looked like it could be fun, as long as they're not going to be asking, like, 15, 20 quid for it. So, yeah, that's that's another one we played, or I played. And then, then I met you back up again. Yes. And we went to play Legends of Rune Terror.
1: Yeah. I mean, for a card game, it was all right. For a card game, it's all right. For a card games, all, right. car game, all right, but I don't play a lot of card games. So I've never played, like,
0: Hearthstone. I didn't really get on very well, Gwen, so it was a bit lost on me, and my voice is going again. Ugh. I'll take over, don't you worry. <sighs> so so Legends of Runeterra was announced this week. It was it's from Riot and it was announced during their like big celebration of the League of Legends. So League of Legends has been announced to come to consoles and at the same time they announced this Legends of Runeterra which uh, when you first look at it it does look a hell of a lot like Hearthstone but it does play slightly differently. So there is a, more of a focus on heroes and there's like a very distinct attack and defense, like, phase. And, yeah, it, it's one of those games that I think this might be the one that I jump onto, given that Hearthstone's probably not, like, something people are going to be playing for very much longer, given the way the Blizzard are right now. But, yeah, it, it, it looked cool. It had a lot of visual effects to it. <coughs> and I played through a lot of the tutorials, and it seems like there's a lot of depth there. You know, you could card switching where you switch positions from attack and defense and that kind of stuff. It, it looked in-depth and, and worth a with a look, so keep your eyes on that. Apparently, you know, the, the queue, it looked deceptively small, and that's yeah, why we went until on. we got in the queue. And then, then, then we got to the queue, and there was, like, a ton of people playing it, so it looks like it's going to be a big one. Then we went off to play Circuit Superstars, which, yeah, which is... Was really good fun. It was like rock and roll racing. Yeah, I, I got that feeling. Like, it. there was a definite, like, micro, micro Machines feel to it. Yeah. And uh, I think it was, like, MotorStorm RC, reminded me of that as well
1: yeah yeah sort of top down
0: it's a top down racer where you're playing like it's a low poly but quite detailed world where you basically drive around the track and trying to the part that we played was like a time trial we had 10 laps to pull off the best fastest lap and um the it was like the only track that they had at the minute um, but they do have multiplayer they got up to was it 12 player multiplayer did you say or 10 i can't remember uh t- 12 four player uh, four player or Four player local, four player local split
1: screen, up to twelve racing online.
0: Yeah, so they they they're really going for it. They've got different cars, different tracks. You said that some of the tracks are going to have like ramps and quite difficult corners to get around. This genre has kind of exploded silently. You know, you got like Zen Racers, and you've got you know Mantis Race, Mantis Burn Racing, and stuff like that. So this is another one for that genre. But I think it's it's got quite a quaint charm to it. Then we went. Oh, so then I went to go and play. Murder at Malone Mansion. This is a multiplayer game where you have a number of players and each one has a, uh, an occupation. And the idea in multiplayer is that you have one person who has committed a murder and everyone else is trying to figure out who it is. But as the murderer, you're trying to cover your tracks but also trying to play the game so it doesn't look like you're trying to obstruct everyone else doing their job. So it, it sounds like a really interesting premise, but what they had at EGX was the single-player component. So they've got like a training mode where you walk around a house and you find clues, and each one of those clues relates to an occupation. They can link to multiple occupations. So, for example, if you walk around the house and you find like a helmet, some of the occupations are like gamekeeper and policeman. So they, they might, you know, match to two of them. One of them was like an important document and you've obviously got policemen you've got like an official it was a cool demo and i'm really interested in playing the multiplayer there's a beta coming up and it's from white park games so if you if you get a chance go and drop them a follow on twitter and make sure you join their discord because it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun online uh the single player really did give me a taste for the fact that they know what they're doing with this it's going to be fun and the devs are really kind of passionate about it so this is definitely one to keep a look out for. The art style as well was really fun. <laughs> they play as the detective who would like got <laughs> he looks like he'd uh, just walked in out of the pub. <laughs> but uh, yeah, worth a look. and then finally just, just one small game that's coming out. So Greg managed to talk Oz into going to play Marvel's Avengers.
1: Yeah, I didn't really want to throw the whole press clout thing around, but we got to the Avengers stall at like twenty to seven. And they were like closed. And I went, Oh, can we not just sneak in as press? And the rep went, Stay here. Like loudly everyone I was going, close, close, closed. And sneakily went, Right, come on, Steven. So we got we were the last ones of the day, they got to play Avengers. And it's bloody awesome. I was very dismissive of it when I watched it because it just looked like a boring sort of, well, tech demo from what I saw was just follow the trail of insert generic Avenger here, do a few bits of combat, blah blah blah. But the level served as a Tutorial for the five, what, five of the character, five of the Avengers that you play, and then, <coughs> each one sort of their mechanics, really. So how each one of them fights, it's it's all the combat mechanics we're used to, like the Batman's and Shadow of Mordor and Sleeping Dogs, which are all sort of the same style system. It looks pretty good for a pre-alpha.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like that, that first time the the trailer that they released the the big gameplay snippet of the the bridge and the attack and the Heli Carrier, it's. It's basically like the vertical slice of the game that's meant to show it off. And it, it does a good job of doing that because each Avenger feels completely different to play as. So, you know, you start off as Thor and he's wielding his hammer and it's, it's all cool and flashy. And Thor's like nails. You just, you, it was really hard to actually hurt Thor in any way, shape, or form. Like, just stand there and they couldn't really hurt him. And then you're playing as uh, Iron Man and flying, and that felt completely different. His felt like a third-person shooter at the time because, like, because you got the repulsor and you could just fire it off whenever you want, and it's that that was awesome. And I forgot to mention Thor's hammer; is freaking awesome.
1: Yes, you can throw it and recall it.
0: Yeah, it's it's like the the God of War axe, yeah. you know, the the Leviathan axe, but it feels better because, like, it pins people. It doesn't like you know, like you threw through the. The Kratos' axe in God of War and it just kind of went. But in this you can like throw it and pin people to a wall yeah. and then just walk in and punch the crap out of them. It, it's very impressive. Then, you know, like each character just feels very different and has different, almost similar but with like little tweaks to their special. So like to pull off Captain America's special you have to hold a different button than you do for Thor and Hulk. And, so, and one, when once the demo had, had finished we were treated to like a little Kind of blurb about what the game actually is, and this kind of pointed out to me that that this isn't just like what they fail to mention when they've been pushing this game. We know that this big explosion happens, that the Avengers got blamed for it. In this synopsis, they say that the Avengers were forced away, so basically, Aim is the company that's come in to replace heroes because the government has made it illegal for you to be a hero. Their game itself is broken up into single-player and what they call Warzone missions, where you're going off and trying to make the Avengers a thing again. So, it's you know, you're going to fight crime, but because you're, like, illegal. So, basically, it's um, The Incredibles 2. That's that's basically what the plot is. And uh, it looks pretty damn cool. And there's some tweaks they need to make to the combat, especially Hulk, as though you can just, like, pummel yourself into the sea inadvertently. But, yeah, a really impressive demo. And... I'm absolutely brimming with excitement for it now. And that was it. That was it for day three. so our third and final day at EGX. Thanks very much for listening to these, if you have done. It's been a lot of fun. So um, we'll be doing another podcast soon with some post-EGX.
1: We're not going to have a Sunday one this week just because we've done three bumper ones. And I need to rest my voice. Yeah.
0: Greg Greg definitely needs to uh, shut up. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll, we'll see you again soon. So goodbye from Greg. Uh, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, farewell. And it's a goodbye from me as Sean, so well uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye bye. <laughs>